When you do something that the people so appreciate, and it's part of the heritage of the Israeli sport, it's like you are a hero for them because you made something that no one did before. I'm Gil Galanos, and welcome to Storymark, a show about leaders, the moments that made them, and the mark they leave. On today's show, one of Israel's most successful athletes, chairperson of the Olympic Committee of Israel, and a businesswoman, Yael Arad. In the 1992 Barcelona Games, Yael became the first Israeli to win an Olympic medal, taking home silver in judo in the half-middleweight division. After retiring in 1996, she went on to develop her career as a businesswoman. She earned a degree in business from Reichman University and from there has worked in entertainment, licensing and IP for companies like Leitica, Viacom, CBS and Paramount. And in 2021, she became the first female ever to serve as the chairperson of the Olympic Committee of Israel. I'm inspired by Yael's ability to view life as a series of opportunities. Yael is one of the most committed, hardworking people I've ever met. She's of course a national hero, but she also refuses to be placed in any specific box. Instead, she relies on her entrepreneurial spirit to guide her on the journey of life. Yael was born in Tel Aviv, and she expressed her athletic gifts from an early age. She excelled in swimming, running, basketball, and soccer. But she eventually discovered judo with a little help from an older brother. When I was eight years old, my brother, out of the three older brothers, Yuval. My parents thought uh, he should study martial arts to uh, protect himself because he had some troubles in, uh, you know, I don't know, at school. So I said, I'm going with him now. We didn't know what is judo, and there was only one club in Tel Aviv near the beach for martial arts, which, you know, today it's amazing. Today you have in every corner, every uh, sport club, judo and some other martial arts, but back then we didn't have. So I said, I want to go with him. And uh, there was, um, you know, this kind of club with only, I think, five or six children, and uh, the others were adults. Immediately I... You know, it, it was, love. yeah, I fell in love uh, with the sport. I was, you know, it was great for me to take the boys uh, up to the air and throw them on the back. <laughs> I was very good uh, from the beginning. And then unlike swimming or running, which was something that you needed a lot of physical abilities, but less uh, strategic abilities here in judo, you had uh, a lot of technique, a lot of uh, physical abilities, but also... You had to be very smart with your competitors, how to manage the fight, how to see their uh, advantage and disadvantage, how to use that. And for me, it was really from the beginning, I, I liked very much and I also was very good. So it was a big match. So it's 1992, the Olympic Games in Barcelona. Israel has yet to win any Olympic medal at that point. What was the feeling before the first fight? Did you feel at your best? Did you have any concerns? You always have uh, concerns, you know. It's not an insurance company to, to be an athlete. You have to bring yourself 100% physically, mentally, and technically. And uh, not always athletes have the ability to uh, bring themselves in their 100% to the given day. In sport, there is the given day, you know. It's not like in life, okay, today... We, we didn't prepare enough, I can uh, call you tomorrow, let's do it again, you know, or I send you an email or WhatsApp. In sport, there's no second chance. And uh, when you get there to the biggest podium in the world, 
with 206 uh, countries from all over the world and uh, 11,000 athletes uh, that are running after 1,000 Olympic medals once in every four years. You have to uh, get there with your 100%. So uh, you are very nervous. A lot of tension, a lot of physical, you know, feelings like feel it in your hands and you have stomach aches. And But the most important thing is to be able to bring yourself in the first fight, you know, with all your abilities. Because in judo, in first fight, if you lose, you can lose in five seconds. But if you lose, you're out of competition. So what we're doing usually is uh, doing a warming up, very in- intensive warm up, and try to simulate, you know, the the first fight in your warm up, and be very aggressive, and it's a little bit like taking out all the not fears but nervous, mm. very nervous, very tense, and it's something that in normal life you can't uh, get to these feelings, you know. For me, I never, since then, it's so many years since I retired, I never have uh, this kind of feelings towards anything, which is good, which is good. (laughs) No, no, I don't miss it because it's crazy. I always say I would never give up on my career, but I would never uh, do it again. (laughs) (laughs) So how was the first fight? So once I got there, I I won the first two fights very precisely, you know, I, I, I won't say easily, but... You know, I wonder. It was a Czech girl and a Spanish girl, and I, I was much better. But the story of this Olympic Games were, was, you know, the semifinal, which I went against the world champion, the German, Eikhoff, which was a very, very strong woman and a very strong judo woman, very aggressive. And for me, it was uh, the fight of my life because uh, it was uh, the fight where if I win this fight, I go to the final and for sure... I win the first ever medal for Israel and I fulfill my life dream. And that was the goal. Tell me a little bit about that fight. So when I uh, went to this fight, first of all, I was in the warming uh, up mat area. And when they call your name, you know, for me, I'm young Yael from Tel Aviv going outside to the hall, 12,000 people in the crowd to actually to do the fight of my life and now I need to deliver. You know, Eikhoff uh, was a very strong competitor and uh, she had one uh, technique that she beat all uh, her uh, competitors. And uh, I was training on this uh, technique uh, the whole year. You know, if you want to win an Olympic medal, you have to uh, beat the best uh, athletes. So uh, we were uh, training and uh, preparing ourselves to all the top in my category, but Ike was special because we never fought together. When we started the fight, she actually uh, tried to do another technique and she threw me with very low uh, points, but it was, you know, advantage for her. And uh, when I stood up and went to the area where I have to start the fight again, I knew that I have to put her in this trap. I have to let her do her main technique. And then I... I did what we trained all this year and took my body down and hold her leg and then uh, throw her to the same direction she tried to throw me. And then the referee, she gave uh, Wazari. Wazari in judo is seven points, which is very high uh, point, but it's not the knockout, it's not the ipon. It means that the fight will continue. Then I will never forget the look in her eye. She went to, the, to her place, looking at me, 
in this special look that like she's saying to herself, I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> It's like I have another two minutes, I'm going to get you. So uh, when the referee said to continue, she went forward. She just tried to do the same technique. And I was really, uh, you know, uh, prepared. When she tried to do it, she tried to throw me just in the same manner she tried to do before. So I was very well prepared. And I, again, took my balance down and did the same technique that I threw her in the first place. And then I threw her again. And for uh, judo players, you always look to the clock where you see it shows that you won. You know, so it's like you look there and you see the ISR in a yellow uh, blink and uh, you know that you did it. And it's like seconds that from your head, it goes to your heart. I looked at my coach, all the Israelis that were, were there, maybe 200 Israelis together with my brother Yuval that we started together judo. Uh, with the Israeli flags and everybody shouting and crying and it was crazy and then I started to jump just uh, your heart can't uh, take it you know it's like you have to somehow take off all this energy that uh, is in your body so I started to jump like crazy and uh, bow to you know to the referees and to Aikov and uh, she was shocked and then I went uh, down to my coach and my team and it was the first Olympic medal for Israel so it was Big celebration. So what was next for you? What did you decide after you know, the big hype of the Olympics? Yeah, listen, it was like you become in one night Hollywood star, you know? Actually, since then, my life, it's a crazy story because um, when you do something that the people so appreciate and it's part of the heritage of the Israeli sport, it's like you are a hero for them because you made something that no one did before. So I decided that I go to another uh, cycle, Olympic cycle. I became European champion, second in the world. I won, I think I stood on every podium uh, in my career, in all tournaments, competitions, everywhere. In 96, uh, after my back injury, I struggled to get to Atlanta. I was 29 years old. I became their fifth, which was uh, one centimeter from another medal, but I lost in the last fight. I decided in advance that this will be my last competition and just retired, very happy from a great career. And uh, I made this transition uh, and just went to a business career. What was the attraction for you to go to business? Since I was eight, I was in judo, I was in uh, the sport ecosystem. It's not a reason for me to do it until I will be 80, you know? I wanted to build myself from, from scratch in another field to, to see that I can do some other things, you know. Did you try starting things on your own? Uh, I know you ended up working for a media company. Started to uh, work in uh, merchandise and the license. After 10 years, where I had uh, the best school of business in this company. Today, I manage my time between uh, representing uh, Paramount in Israel, managing the commercial rights of the Paramount IPs, and uh, working with some gaming companies like Platica, uh, lecturing on excellence in sport, business, and uh, life. Ten years ago, I came back to sport, something that I promised myself that I will do once I will feel confident enough to go back, and started to climb also here in the sport management leadership space in order to lead the Israeli sport. 
What was the motivation for you behind this move to get involved in the Olympic Committee or in general in sports in Israel? I promised myself that once I will gain abilities in management and once I will be independent uh, financially, I will come back in order to uh, influence on the vision, on the management in the Israeli Olympic sport. And that's what I did. I went back. It's, of course, everything is volunteer. And uh, I came back and started to learn the ecosystem uh, from this angle of management. I started to be involved uh, more and more in all angles of this ecosystem. And then I decided that I'm, I'm ready, you know, to lead and decided I would like to be elected to become the president of the Israeli uh, Olympic Committee. That's what I did. So in 2021, after almost 10 years of serving on the Olympic Committee, you were appointed to the president of the committee in Israel and the first female, obviously, to do so. What was the feeling at the moment that you got? So for me, the most important thing is that I'm the first athlete. The fact that I'm a woman, it's a bonus from the point of view of bringing more women to the table. Uh, the problem here was not only diversity of men and women. It was a diversity of young people to integrate them around the table, to integrate former athletes around the table. And I hope that within the time, a young generation of former athletes will come and replace me, and uh, whether it's men or women, but uh, we will grow leadership for my athletes. I read that you promoted some initiatives to engage or increase the Arab delegation to the 2024 Olympics. This includes approaching the Steinite Foundation for Jewish Life, a New York City-based nonprofit. Can you talk a little bit about that? Since 70 years of participation of Israel in the Olympic Games, we had only two Arab athletes that were part of the Olympic delegation. And I thought it's quite insane, you know. We have 32 Olympic sports and we see them mostly in uh, two sports. I started to investigate it and I, I understood that in order to uh, bring athletes from the Arab uh, society to the Olympic delegation, it will take probably 10 years. So we went to the Steinhardt Foundation, offered them to join uh, this project. They wanted to support us not only with money, but also with connections and their abilities. So we established the first project in uh, Lud and Ramle. These are known as mixed cities meaning a large minority of the population is Arab. And it was very successful. We have today uh, 25, 30 kids in each city that uh, we chose out of uh, 200 in each city in the age of seven and eight. So this year, we're going to extend it to uh, at least another five cities. I'm sure that within 10 years, we'll have uh, at least, I don't know, two athletes from the Arab society. You got married, you have two kids. Are they into sports? Do you push them to be a part of the sport community or achieving high goals? Yes, I have two kids, a boy and one girl. And I never wanted to push them into the sport. When they go around and people know that they are my kids, I always ask them, so are you going to be like your mother? Are you going to be so successful? Which is quite cruel for people to ask. So I thought, uh, you know, they have to grow up and choose their uh, destination, see what they like, find their own way. So now I'd like to ask you a few questions that we ask each of our guests, starting with what are you currently obsessed with? I think, uh, I don't know if I'm obsessed, but I like to set goals. I think that uh, what mainly uh, manage me in life is uh, setting goals. What is the one thing that most people get absolutely wrong about you? 
I think that most of the people think that I'm a very tough person, but I think that a big side of my personality is very sensitive, and they mostly take the view of the person they see, you know, on the mat, and not always see beyond. And finally, what piece of advice you wish that someone would have given you at the beginning of your journey? I think that the most important thing is uh, to do the journey, you know, to understand that it's, it's a journey. It's a long way that you have to do. You have to understand that disappointment and the failures that you have in between is a part of the way. And it's not something that specially happens to you. It happens to everybody. Then you can achieve uh, your goals. Yael Arad, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. You've been listening to Storymark. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Also, consider signing up for the Storymark newsletter where we'll keep you up to date about upcoming guests. Visit storymarkpodcast.org to sign up and you can also follow us on Instagram at Storymark. Storymark is brought to you by iTrek Studios. iTrek is a nonprofit that inspires tomorrow's leaders through peer-led week-long treks in Israel to experience its innovation, diversity, and complex reality firsthand. For more information, visit iTrek.org. I'm your host, Gil Galanos. Our producer is Patrick Emil, and associate producer is Rebecca Sebastian. Our editor is Zev Levi. Thanks for listening, and let's go. See you next time.